G'day, g'day guys. Now before we dive into today's show, I want to let you know that some of you may be aware that over the past eight years, I have built a substantial multifamily real estate portfolio here in the US worth over half a billion dollars. And in that time, my passive investors have received fantastic double digit returns. And now you too can invest directly into my deals for as little as $50,000. So if you're an interested investor, head over to reedgoosens.com to find out more. That's reedgoosens.com. Now back into the show. Imagine an A-class asset somewhere. That margin is so slim, mm. right? That you know, paying the staff a little bit more is really, really problematic, right? Whereas if your staff is doing something more intensive, where you're doing like a unit churn, where it's you know a lot of work, you have a lot more room there to be able to buy those. Wages. So as it applies to our company, like, yes, definitely a portion of our company is we want to buy nicer units that sit on in cash flow, and that's great. But it's a solid portion of our company, 20 to 30% of the stuff we buy is pretty intensive. Yep. It is a lot of work. Yep. You know what I mean? And that kind of makes enough money to like spread it out everywhere else. So if you're looking at like getting a property management company and vertically integrated, I would be thinking right off the bat, what can I do with this property management company beyond just managing this asset? Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Investing in the US. We're coming here to you live from the groundbreaking podcasting stage at the best ever conference here in Denver, Colorado. And uh, next to me today, I have Salem Vanderbilt. Is that right? Vanderstel. Vanderstel, close enough from Naked Capital. Uh, <laughs> Salem and I have been really good friends for a long period of time. He's invested with me directly from our second ever deal. And I hear this is your first podcasting 
uh, pretty much. Yeah. I've done, I've done one other one. Um, you know, consistent with uh, that perspective that I have where I don't really do podcasts, I've done no preparation whatsoever. So <laughs> this is going to be... No, neither, neither have I. I book it. <laughs> when I got the email come through, I was like, I need to book and I need to drag someone up on stage like I did last time. And that's exactly what we do here at Best Ever Conference. So really awesome to be here in sunny Denver, Colorado. But for those people who don't know who you are, give us a little bit of a background on Naked Capital, how you built it and what you're doing today. Yeah, I went to Vanderbilt, went out, worked out Wall Street, uh, all trading worth asset management, building financial products, equity bond stuff. Um, I was always good at math. That's kind of my thing. And then over time, kind of like everyone, I started uh, investing in multifamily, started my own stuff, um, invested with you guys. Over time, you know, I think I, I, and I'll just kind of jump right into something that I think is interesting and really what differentiates how we uh, went after stuff is I like to look at real estate similar to like a stock. So growth, you know, how the rental market is going to change. I think a lot of that stuff's priced in already. And I, I kind of came from that world where, in my view, there's, there's kind of a lot of gambling going on. Like, we don't really know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I want to work from a value perspective. Like, what can I actually go do that someone else can't do to provide value to the tenant, to provide value? And, you know, I can go through examples of this. But so in my mind, I wanted to get uh, from that value perspective, build a multifamily company around that. Um, so with that, vertically integrated with a property management company, we have 50 employees now. And, you know, good examples of stuff we do is, you know, like construction management, like, you know, stuff's down to the studs. My guys on the ground, we grew up in the same area. You know, we believe in each other, trust each other, and we can churn units in a few days. Tenants get respected better. We really care about them and we, we really won't run that through everything. So all that being said, you know, I built this value model in multifamily. We have over 2,000 units now. We're growing. Um, and having a lot of fun doing it and still learning. Yeah. You know, we're always getting better, honestly. But, and part of learning and growing as an entrepreneur is is learning how to vertically integrate. So what came first? Was it the, you know, construction management? Because I do that personally as well in, yeah. in, in my company. Was that the first easy, low-hanging fruit to then go into the property management? Because I know you've bought property management in-house and want to get into that here in a little bit. But what was that first step, you know, once you started you know, doing more deals and seeing that the scaling and the adding of the value to the investors, to the tenants, wh- where did you start? Okay, so, you know, bring my head property management guy on, you know, he'd probably be better at breaking some of that stuff down. But for us, it was like, who's the POC? Who's the, who's the guy or the girl? Um, we found them. They had worked at a company uh, previously. They're like a VP level or something. They weren't getting any equity and they were overseeing, you know, I don't know, two, 3,000 units. So we're like, hey, why don't you come join us? We're going to pay you more uh, and you're going to get equity and it's going to be fun. Like, right. You know, and he was like, uh, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so right off the bat, once he, he brought on a few staff underneath him and right away, <laughs> I remember when I owned a place in Grand Rapids looking at the bill for uh, the third party property management company to go fix a toilet and it was like $80 or something. You know, oh, it's service fee that and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? You know, so for us, it's like $7 now. And our guys floating around a lot. They just do it. You know what I mean? So day one, you know, we're saving just a tremendous amount of money on expenses. And then the long-term stuff is like, stuff's actually done right. You know, you walk in our units, they're not leaky faucets and the lights work and there's no code violations. And so that's kind of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, that's like the magic, if you will. Right, 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 right. But one thing that comes to mind when I hear that and, and, and is so many people struggle with bringing property management in-house, right? And the decision to do it because property management is such a thankless game. It's mm-hmm. hard work. It's just getting, it's, it's grinding on the pennies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and you're in a space that sort of 
80 to 100, 80 to 200 units, but started really with building it in a sort of secondary tertiary markets. Yep. How have you found finding the good talent to come in-house to make sure that you are, you do have a, not only a profitable business on the property management side, but an effective business so you can save money, you can produce a really good product, you can add that value to your, to your investors? So here's a little secret sauce, and I'm hoping not too many people are listening to this. <laughs> the millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan, if you're uh, listening. <laughs> is, uh, it's, believe it or not, it's easier in a secondary and tertiary market. Those people live there. They grew up there. They want to stay there. You know, if you treat people right and you care about people, and honestly, we pay above market. We look at what market is, and we're like, we're going to pay you more. We're all winning. Take, you know, a long-term strategy. And, you know, we probably have like 15 app. I think we just posted a piece the other day. We had 15 pretty good applicants, you know, to pick one. Mm. And if someone's not working out, we phase them out. You know, people in the Midwest are pretty nice and I'm pretty blunt. So <laughs> no idea being like, you're great. I really like you, but this isn't working out. And you cycle through and eventually you have a great team of people that care. Right. So it's a lot easier in the secondary market and tertiary market to find that better talent, believe it or not. Got it. Well, I know in my personal portfolio, I've seen coming out of covid a big increase in, you know, obviously inflationary environment we're here in. And a lot of people trying to keep like the service manager on site, right? Going from a, I think I remember when I first started buying properties in Central Texas, you could probably get a service tech probably for 16, 17 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Today, the market in, in those markets are more like 24, 25 bucks an hour. Are you seeing the same type of increase in those, in, 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 in those hourly jobs? Not even close. Really? I mean, yeah. No, I, I think of like snow plowing. So for example, you know, these small, these small properties sometimes will like just take a 24 unit and we'll fill right. it into whatever you buy nearby. And they were paying maybe $3,000 a year before just for snow plowing, mm-hmm. at least. We're, we were paying $12 an hour before to our guy, we own the truck. You know what I mean? How much money is that going to save? I don't even know. And right. then, you know, now, what's the situation like now? I don't know, maybe 15. And if that person's been with us for a while, we're going to like 15 plus a little equity participation. Where, Interesting. You know, we'll do a little bonus for everyone. And they trust us. We trust them. We're like, dude, honestly, it's going to be a little bit discretionary. Right. Like, we don't know exactly how these quarters are going to go. But if there's extra, we're going to take you out and we're going to care about you. So, yeah, we're not seeing like $24 an hour, like, talent Escalation. wage wars right um, but people moving for a dollar an hour more you know like exa- yeah, yeah no yeah. yeah no one cares i mean for those of you who are interested in staying up to date with all the latest happenings in my business or to learn more about passively investing directly into my multifamily value add deals, then head over to reedgoosens.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter. By signing up, you'll automatically be notified about my new up and coming investment opportunities. You'll be able to stay up to date with all the latest real estate news here in the United States and much, much more. So head over to reedgoosens.com and sign up today. Now back into the show. Does that come back to a bit of a company culture? Because you've used third-party property managers yeah. in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and I, maybe this is a little bit off, not it's off topic, but have you unknowingly built a culture that people want to stay? Like how's that, you know, you've used third-party property management in the past because I just know you personally. Yeah. So how, why do people end up staying, sticking around and having more longevity? Is it just the markets you're in or is it because you have built a, a good company culture that people want to stick around and say, I want to work for Salem? That's, that's a good question. So one is the market. People are from there. If you're from, you know, my, my brother, my brother lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like he's not leaving Grand Rapids, Michigan. Right. Like it's just not going to happen. He doesn't right, care about right, the right, job right. opportunity. So if he has a good job there, he's staying. The second pay, obviously. And the third, like, and, and I think you're particularly good at this, honestly, is like just being a down to earth, like real person mm. that like, 
people can tell that you care, it goes a long way. Mm. And especially when you have some like, you know, New York group come out, try to like buy up a property management company. Do you think like, like you know, you do think Mariah and like our parent, you know, our, our, our assets over in Lansing are going to like join some New York hedge fund? Like never. Right. Never going to happen. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so you, you're bringing what, what I'm hearing is like more of a, because you came from that Wall Street type of yeah, background. Did, yeah. But you're, you're, you're coupling that with a boots on the ground, you're just upbringing saying you, you grew exactly. up. Exactly. I did. You yeah. grew, up, grew up in rougher areas and just combining into them being a human, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like. I don't know. I, th- I think, especially in the service industry, people have been treated really poorly for a really long time and just caring about people, being right, really nice to people, um, overpaying them a little bit. I mean, what is like another a dollar or two dollars? Like, I don't know who's all listening to this, but like, what is another dollar or two dollars an hour when like, you, you know, you can all of a sudden now you get a 30, 40 IRR because you crushed. Like, right. what's the GP stake? Like, right. it's so worth it for everyone. Right. Well, I have noticed in, in, in the central Texas markets that we've, we've, we've had positions being emptied for months on end now because of people moving, Tesla's down there, oh, I can go get $26, $27 an hour working for Tesla. And yeah, totally, so, you know, like, yeah. and, and I good on them, you know, like I yeah. can't, and I, sometimes I just can't pay it. But then to your point of like, I now have to start paying that money because I'm, lose, I'm losing, I'm losing, to have a property with no, not fully staffed, is going to cause more of an issue for my investors. So there's a bit of a balancing act right now, and I think it's really yeah. important to acknowledge that. So where, as a property management property management company owner, where are you seeing the labor force grow in your company over the next five to ten years? Are you looking to to, to bring on more in house, grow and do third party? Are you just going to keep it to to your investors and your your um your portfolio? Yeah, so so we're keeping everything house. We're never going to change that, and we'll probably just keep the in house investors too. But you know, you bring up a really interesting question, and it's like, imagine an A class asset somewhere. That margin is so slim, mm. right? That you know, paying the staff a little bit more is really really problematic. Right. Whereas if your staff is doing something more intensive where you're doing like a unit churn where it's, you know, a lot of work, you have a lot more room there to be able to buy those wages. So as it applies to our company, like, yes, definitely a portion of our company is we want to buy nicer units that sit on in cash flow and that's great. But it's a solid portion of our company, 20 to 30 percent of the stuff we buy is pretty intensive. Yep. It is a lot of work. Yep. You know what I mean? And that kind of makes enough money to like spread it out everywhere else. So if you're looking at like getting a property management company, and vertically integrated, I would be thinking right off the bat, what can I do with this property management company beyond just managing this asset? You know, maybe this even gives me opportunity to buy other assets. Mm. I'm starting to go on a tangent. No, 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 it doesn't make sense. Because it's going to bring me to my, one of my final questions. We've got the 10 minute warning just there. Is what is that number one piece of advice for operators who are looking to bring a property management company in house? Start going buy one or start from, you know, choosing an entrepreneurial person that you've found in, in, in another company and bring him in house? Yeah, I wouldn't buy one. Uh, the, you know, valuations and everything are so insane. I mentioned this to you earlier. They're never going to work as hard as they did trying to lead up to that buy. Yep. Um, so definitely bringing people in. Yeah, I would say that's the most important aspect. Um, here's one other aspect that I'm just going to put out. You didn't answer this question, ask this question, but I think it's a really important sure. piece that people miss a lot. This is probably one of the more sophisticated elements of our uh, strategy of our yep, is yep. that through this property management, right, we're able to turn around assets in a way that most people can't. So the local banks, for example, know we have the property management company and they might only lend us. So you're mm. looking at a property that's called 70% occupied, 80% occupied. The previous or you know other potential buyers aren't going to be able to get debt on that. 
So we're the only people that are able to buy. And if that seller needs to get out, we can just name our price. Interesting. Right. And that's how we get those like insane returns. So the property management company, yes, you operate it better, but it opens up buying opportunities to you for you to go after stuff where you just you can clean up quick. I have heard the opposite on some some occasions where <laughs> really? yeah, where, where the GP has had a, a property management company. We've gone to a Freddie or Fannie, and they're like, "No, no, we want third party." Oh, really? Yeah. So wow. I, I, on a wow. handful of occasions, I've I've seen that. But we're going to come to the end of the show, and at the end of every show, we like to do the five top five investing <laughs> tips. You ready to get into it? <laughs> it's five questions I'm going to ask you. They're lightning round questions, so just answer the first thing that comes to the top of your head. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. So you ready to do it? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, What's the number one habit you practice on every day to keep on track towards your goals? Um, I think just an excessive cadence of coffee and <laughs> overbooking myself that just really keeps that level of energy where it needs to be at all times. Got it. Do you have an off switch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I work out every day. That awesome. Too. Awesome. Awesome. Question number two, who's been the most influential person in your career to date? I'll throw it to my business partner, Andy. I would say Andy's probably the most uh, influential partner. He comes from the old finance world and um, he's got a really sharp mind. He's been around forever. And as I'm learning, being able to bounce stuff off him, most influential. Well, there you go, Andy. Got a, got a big shout out for you. I bet you if you weren't standing there, he wouldn't have said to you. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three is what's the most influential tool in your business? When I say tool, it could be a physical tool like a phone or a diary, or it could be a piece of software that you can't run the business without. What is it? So I'm scaling that. I'm trying to get better at that. So my technology sucks, to be honest. I don't really have a lot of great tools there just on my investor management side. So I answer it with like kind of a cheeky uh, answer is the cell phone. Um, Honestly, like a great example is, you know, people ask me like, oh, what about wires? And like, what happens when they get kicked back? Because like I'm doing a lot of this stuff manually and we're trying to get a lot of times it's an opportunity for me because if something gets kicked back or whatever, I just call someone and be like, hey, man, I just want to let you know this happened. Is there any way we can fix it? Like, do those three or four times and like they have a connection where like this person cares. That's awesome. So that's why like most of my day, I am literally just calling and trying to show people that I care about them. That's great. No, I, I completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree. <laughs> Including you, man. Yeah, no, I know. You call, you do call me, you do text me and thank you for all your support. So, mate, last question is where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. They want to find out a little bit more about what you do. Where do they go? Uh, yeah. So Salem, S-A-L-E-M at nakedcapitalgroup.com. Uh, just email me and let's get to know each other and awesome. take it from there. Awesome, man. Well, look, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I want to just summarize some of the things that I took away from today's show. I think the, the biggest thing is understanding how to vertically integrate and when to do it in, yeah. in the right time. And then looking to be be human, right? Yeah. Treat people mm-hmm. with respect, give them a little bit more in terms of, you know, a couple extra bucks doesn't go a long way, but making sure that they feel like they're heard and, and seen, totally. I think is really, really important as you build out this a, com- a business that is really thankless and, and not everyone wants to get their hands dirty, particularly as operators. So uh, did you leave anything out? Uh, and having fun too. And having <laughs> you know, fun. You That's care exactly about people, right. but like, come on, sometimes you got to show people a good time. That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, there you have it. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time here at Best Ever Conference and we'll chat so- soon. Thank you. Well, there you have another cracking episode, Jam Pack, with some incredible advice from Salem coming to you live from the groundbreaking podcasting stage here at the Best Ever Conference in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I want to thank you all for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to learn and grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. And we're going to do it all again next week. So remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. <laughs>